Wilson on the seam. Caught by Bushman. 10-5. Touchdown, Cougars! Two hours away from the kickoff, BYU football. Play fake for Wilson. A deep drop. Goes for the back right pylon of the end zone. He's got a touchdown, and the Cougars open up on top. This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. Cougar Pregame Live is also proudly supported by Kingarf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. To get you ready for today's battle on the gridiron, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Good morning, BYU fans. You heard me right. Good morning. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live. Today, the BYU Cougars face the 24th-ranked USC Trojans. We are broadcasting live from outside Lavelle Edwards Stadium at the beautiful Cougar Canyon, as always. Joined by my broadcast partner. You hear him on the broadcast with Greg Rubel. He is former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson. Good morning, Riley. How are you today? Morning, Beautiful Jason. day for football, right? Oh, no question. The temperature's absolutely perfect from our vantage point when we were staring down the sun as it was setting last week. I'll take 130 kicks all day long. Absolutely. We've got the sun behind us. It's actually behind Lavelle Edwards Stadium right now. So we're in the shade. We've got a crowd here. In fact, hey, for those listening, can we get a Go Cougars right now so everybody can hear you? There we go. Go Cougars. Absolutely. BYU, Riley, 0-2 all-time against USC. Tonight's game is the first of three games scheduled between these two schools over the next few seasons. Tonight's matchup, by the way, the only one of the three in Provo. BYU will face USC in the Coliseum in 2023 and then in 2025. Riley, having USC here, who comes in ranked, again, number 24, having that team in your house on a Saturday afternoon, nationally televised game, this is a big deal. No question this is a big deal. I mean, let's take the audience back in time 40 years back when there was now there's a college football game aired it seems like about every two hours every day of the week but there only used to be one and about 50 percent of the time it was sc the other 50 percent of the time it was notre dame maybe with some oklahoma sprinkled in but this afternoon 130 kick playing usc in lavelle edwards stadium gives a shade to that classic college football tradition and matchup and i could not be more excited yeah this is going to be a fantastic atmosphere you know there was that the games aren't in the afternoon anymore from a couple years years ago well this is smack dab in the afternoon the sun is shining BYU's coming off a win over Tennessee the 24th ranked Trojans here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium I am ready for some football coming up you're going to hear from the head coach of the BYU Cougars Kalani Satake in Cougar Cuts but next we are going to get to know the foe as we talk with the voice of USC football Pete Arbogast this is Cougar pregame live on the new skin BYU Sports Network This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson outside of LaBelle Edwards Stadium. We are broadcasting live from Cougar Canyon as the BYU Cougars 1-1 one one on the season take on the 2-0 and 24th ranked USC Trojans. It's time to get to know the foe. Happy to have the voice of USC, Pete Arbogast, joining us. Pete, thanks for taking a few minutes this morning. We appreciate it. Always fun. Always fun. Uh, here's my first question to you, because everybody that's looking at USC right now is talking about the phenomenal true freshman quarterback, Keaton Slovis. Certainly, you, you never want to see injuries. You can never predict injuries. 
Once the injury happened and Slovis was put in at quarterback, how much of what we've seen from him was expected? The coaches looked like they expected it a lot. Uh, They had been talking about him in glowing terms, and that's why he won the backup job behind JT Daniels. Uh, We didn't quite know what to expect from our vantage point, and we liked what we saw uh, in the the first go against Fresno State in that second half after Daniels went down but much more so against Stanford, obviously, last week. Uh, he looked like he made great decisions. He looked like nothing flustered him at all. Uh, he was able to roll out when he needed to. He ran when he needed to. And obviously he found his talented receivers when he needed to. So it all worked out. But I think we're all kind of uh, looking at him and saying, okay, well, so now what? Let's let's find out if you actually can do that all the time. Are you consistent at this? Or was that just a one-shot? Pete, Riley Nelson here. Uh Talk to me a little bit about the guy who coaches up these quarterbacks. Much has been made of Graham Harrell and him bringing the the air raid to USC. Talk about being able to successfully transition from what was an entrenched starter to a true freshman performing as well as he did. Can you talk about what he's brought to that quarterback position group for USC? Yeah, they really like him. He's a young guy, obviously. He's only like 34 years old, um, which coincidentally is the age I started doing USC football on the radio. And and when you're 34, that's pretty heady stuff. So being a, a coach of his quality and caliber at USC at 34 I think that speaks for itself. He, he's a direct line descendant of Hal Mummy, uh, putting the air raid together with with Leach uh, way back in the old days, and then uh, you can follow the line straight down to him through his quarterbacking days under Leach, and and now as a coach, I, I you know, the system is part of it. Certainly, we've seen that with Leach. They just plug in a new guy, and 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 they go, go, go. Um, we. We don't know yet because we've only seen it from afar. We haven't seen it up close. This is only the third game where USC's run this. Our first question at the start of the year was, how is it going to look with these guys, this caliber of talent running this system? And so far it's looked pretty good. Pete Arbogast, the voice of USC, joining us here on Cougar Pregame Live. It certainly helps to have the receiving core that USC does, I mean, the Trojan receivers are ridiculous. This will most definitely be the best group of receivers BYU will face all year long. You've got Pittman Jr., Vaughn, St. Brown, others. Could be the best group in the country. Is there anything these guys cannot do? And you talk about a safety net for a true freshman quarterback. Boy, those guys have been good. Yeah, and, and Amon Ra is probably the best of the three, really. He reminds me a lot of Lynn Swan back in the day with his he's sort of ballet-like. In, in the way he catches the ball and kind of glides around the field. And Pittman's a big old giant guy, and he'll steal the ball from you over your top if you, if you can. And Vaughn's has great hands and moves after he runs. They're very good. And the, the kids that are behind them are very good. Uh, they don't throw to their tight ends very much, but, but uh, Josh Fallow can catch and run afterwards too. Um, I think they might use their tight ends a little bit more today than they have in the first two games. Pete, I want to get your take on the most often forgotten position group, and that's the offensive line. As I watched that Stanford game, they tried, uh, although their attempts were futile, to bring pressure, and it didn't ever seem to land home. It allowed Slovis to be able to extend plays even when the initial read wasn't there. Uh, can you talk about this uh, offensive line group and, and uh, how they've been able to perform so strongly out the gate? Yeah, If Stanford is Stanford, and I don't think they are, uh, then that was a pretty impressive performance. They, at the start of the season, when I talked to Coach Helton, and I asked him, "What are the 
most pressing things that you're looking for that you don't have questions answered yet. Uh, and, and he said the offensive line, the defensive secondary, and the offensive line has looked pretty good. They've uh, done their job in both the run blocking and pass blocking schemes, uh, which you have to do both of. You know, this isn't just throw the ball around the field. You've got some runners that can run. By Malapai, Stephen Carr, very good. Marquis Step, I don't know if we'll see him today because he's got a little bit of a tweak in his calf. But all these guys can really run the ball. So if you drop back eight guys, they're going to run. And, and uh, it's not going to be that hard to do. I, I, I'm very impressed with them so far. Uh, even, even with the fact you've added a guy, transfer in from Tennessee and Drew Richmond. You've moved some guys around. They're still a little on the young side. Uh, I'm very impressed with them so far. I want to ask you about the other side of the ball. I want to ask you about the Trojan defense. The defense does return a lot of guys, but but that linebacker spot specific, is that still in flux? No, no, they, they seem to have settled on these guys. Now Teote is very good. Uh, Hunter Eccles is really understated, unsung kind of guy that nobody talks about very much. Uh, I think they like their linebackers. I don't know if they have much depth back there uh, if someone were to go down. The first week, and the front seven altogether, the first week against Fresno State, they were all over it, but they couldn't wrap up. Then the Fresno quarterback, a lot like uh, the guy from BYU, they, they, he likes to take off and run, and that's not a thing that SC has been very good at stopping over the years. And, and we kind of take today's game as maybe a midterm exam getting ready for Utah next week in the Coliseum on, a, on Friday in a, in a big Pac-12 Southern Division matchup. We know what Huntley can do. We know what Moss can do. Uh, and we're expecting a little bit of that from Wilson today. It's going to be interesting to watch how they kind of try to corral him because they've never been very successful at that. And they, they weren't against Fresno. Now Mills, the backup quarterback for Stanford, is not going to run ever. So they knew they didn't have to worry about that. And they could, they could put some different kinds of uh, rushing schemes together. And they did. They were very successful. Yeah, Pete, speaking of, speaking of next week's game at the Coliseum, uh, regardless of what happens today, I have a feeling BYU fans will be pulling for the Trojans next week for sure. <laughs> it's sort of like us. We, the Oklahoma team came through the, uh, the terminal just as we were arriving yesterday at LAX, and we are like, go get them. You know, beat UCLA. Go. <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, we, know, we understand yeah. how, it, how it works. Pete, you mentioned that uh, one, coming into the season, one of the position groups that Coach Helton had a question about was the defensive st- secondary. Staying on that side of the ball, they seem to perform adequately, although I don't know that they've been necessarily challenged to the level that they will be once they get into conference play. Uh, w- was there any talk or chatter this week of what coaches are, are looking to see that that position group establish or, or improve this week against BYU? Just just keep getting better. Keep improving. Keep keep you know Stay the course. I think they've been doing better than they were expected to do. Talano Hufanga is a future professional football player at safety. He's really good. Polamau is coming along. Uh, Elijah Griffin had a great week last week. Um, he had to guard that big giant 6'7 tight end Parkinson from Stanford and, and well, he didn't stop him all day long. He, he, he At least he, he kept him a little bit quieter than most Stanford tight ends have been against us over the years. And Isaac Taylor Stewart, uh, yeah, you know, he's, he's getting his feet wet here. He's learning on the job. And the nickelback, Greg Johnson, who was in the transfer portal and came back, uh, did a great – he's been playing great. So he's like he's, – he refreshed a new lease on life for that guy. Um, I think they've been overachieving so far. Uh, as far as the Trojans' uh, coaches and fans are concerned, I don't know that we expected them to be very good, and they look better. 
Pete, we know you've got to have your own pregame and, and your show and broadcast to get ready for. Last thing before we let you go, and thank you so much for taking some time. I just, BYU sit around, team. I just sit around for another hour. <laughs> I don't go on till like 1 o'clock. So I mean, anything I can do to kill the time is good for me. Well, well, hey, you know what? Then then we'll just keep you for the next hour. Does that work for you? I'm He's coming, I'm coming yeah. down. He does. I'm, gonna, I'm coming down along the walk. I'm going to get some tacos. I'm talking to a couple of friends. I mean, I got some time to kill here. You should. Yeah. Well, we don't we don't want to keep you from the uh, the pregame meal, which is Tacanos, which is absolutely fantastic. All right. I'm but looking I do want to ask you about about BYU because BYU in the first week did not look good, losing to Utah last week. Things started slow, but the Cougars. Found a rhythm late in the fourth. Certainly in overtime, they're coming off a win over Tennessee. What have the coaches and players said about this matchup with BYU today? They're better than the last two teams we've played, and we kind of know that. And we know Utah is probably better than BYU. Although, look, 9-6 at halftime and 16-6 early in the fourth quarter, that's a game. And if you don't give up two pick sixes and fumble deep in your own end, who knows what happens in that game. And I know that's the holy war, and that's that's the big game of the year. I get it. Um, it should be closer than, than, than normal. Uh, I, it's Look, 67,000 people are going to be here. It's day football. We don't even know what the sun looks like. We, we never play day games. <laughs> um, it's, it, it's, 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 we're on the road. Some of these guys flew on a plane yesterday for the first time in their lives. So it's a different deal uh, when you go on the road for the first time with a young team. This team could conceivably return 18 starters next year. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they respond. But there's one intangible nobody talks about much. They've won their first two games after going 5-7 and seven last year. And maybe, just maybe, these young kids are starting to believe in themselves, whether they should or not. They are starting to believe in themselves, and if they do that, that's just an added layer of goodness for this SC football team. Pete, thank you so much for uh, for taking a few minutes. We'll cut you loose. We'll let you get some food. My, my recommendation, make sure they give you a little extra of the uh, the bacon-wrapped turkey. It's fantastic. All right, great. I'm looking for some hot sauce somewhere along the way, so we'll see what happens. We'll see, we'll see what we can do. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks for the chat. There we go. The voice of USC, Pete Arbogast, joining us here on Cougar Pregame Live. Riley, I... I don't want to put words in his mouth, certainly, but you and I, and it seems like Cougar Nation, we're propping up this USC team, talking about how they've arrived, and this freshman quarterback's the real deal. It sounds like from Pete's conversation with us that there's still some questions to be answered. Did you get that impression? No question. I, you know, I didn't realize it until he pointed out the fact that SC could potentially return 18 starters. Well, BYU's in a very similar position in that the core of this team is young, maybe not to that that uh, extreme of 18 starters, but we have two teams, and really two weeks into the season, you're starting to get maybe some hope for ideas of what your team will be, but nobody knows. So each of these teams are still trying to prove more, most importantly to themselves who they are and what they can be for this season and so that's what makes this matchup so intriguing today well and as he mentioned you know for some people it was their first plane ride you know they had two games at home altitude altitude certainly plays a role in any time a team comes to the state of utah to take on any team from from here in the state it's it is going to be interesting to see if how much and i, I think people are putting much more stock in USC based off of what we saw against Stanford and Pete doesn't seem to think Stanford is is as good 
as maybe their ranking was at the time. But we're, we're really focusing on what they did last week, the offensive per, uh, performance that we saw, as opposed to what we saw against Fresno State in week one. But if you're BYU, this is such a huge opportunity to take advantage of the home crowd and being at home, something that BYU has struggled with in the last couple of years. Since 2016, Riley, BYU overall just one game above 500 at home. They are 10-9 and nine at Lavelle Edwards Stadium since 2016. And against P5 teams in that same time, BYU is 1-5 and five at home versus P5 schools. That has to change, certainly, and what a great opportunity today to change that. No question. And, and while we as fans know these numbers and look at these numbers, I can tell you as a player, you have no clue about the streaks. You have no clue. All you know is the scouting report and the film that you've studied of USC, and you know that opponent, you know their strengths, you know their weaknesses, and you know how you're going to attack them and plan for success against them. So that's what this team is most focused on. I really got a sense of, uh, of the Cougar Walk today. There was a lot more serious, concentrated, focused faces um, uh, it just seemed it seemed magnified to me, and so I'm looking for a performance that comes out to match that mental attitude that they had walking into the stadium today. My one-on-one coming up with linebacker Isaiah Kafusi. That's later on in Shep Talk, but next, it's Cougar Cuts. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Game day for the BYU Cougars taking on number 24, USC. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. Jason Shepard and the former BYU quarterback, Riley Nelson. You'll hear Riley on the broadcast with Greg Rubel and Mitchell Jurgens. We'll talk with Mitchell coming up a little bit later on in the program. But now it's time for Cougar Cuts. And Riley, last week at Tennessee, Zane Anderson spent most of his time in the secondary. This week, the BYU coaches made it official and moved Zane back to safety, where he will start at free safety. Head coach Kalani Satake talked about that decision. Looking at what Zane can do for our defense at the, at the safety spot, I think he's uh, he can be physical and play at the line of scrimmage, but um, it's a little different than what we had when we had Fred there. You know, he's more of a of a hybrid safety that's playing linebacker, and so. I think he's more comfortable with that position. Probably has an opportunity to make more plays, not specifically in tackles, you know, at the line in the box or at the line of scrimmage. But uh, I think we can utilize his speed to help us out there, and then it, it gives us a good rotation with the guys there. You know, Riley, there, there's two things that this move says to me. Number one, I, I love what it says for the secondary. You're shoring up the secondary. But I also don't think you do this if you don't have confidence in the linebackers that are there. What did you make of this decision? I love this decision. uh, One of the overlooked aspects of coaching is uh, most people get focused on the scheme and all those things, but it's also knowing your personnel and putting your players, your most talented players, in a position to be successful. And Kalani has has had a long history of doing this, whether it's Harvey Longy or Sione Takitaki, you know, these guys coming back from, are, are they on the line of scrimmage players? Are they, uh, you know, linebackers? Are they middle linebackers? Are they outside? And Kalani's done a great job, and I think this is another move in the right direction. It shows he's not set in stone. It shows that he's willing to make adjustments on the fly in order to give his players the highest chance for success. USC true freshman quarterback Keaton Slovis has played extremely well since taking over for injured starter JT Daniels midway through game one. 
Slovis leads the nation in completion percentage at 82.9%. That is absolutely ridiculous. And Coach Satage discussed his thoughts on the Trojan signal caller. Slovis, he's an impressive kid. Good composure. Watched him last uh, on the film. And, yeah, he's poised and, and made some really tough throws and obviously was really effective. I think he was 28 for 33 and 377 yards. So that that's uh, he has some really good weapons around him. But I thought he showed some really good maturity and poise in the pocket and was able to throw the ball uh, with good timing. This is a guy that we were talking with, Pete Arbogast. They feel... And at least, again, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it certainly sounded like even after the performances, they, they want to see if he can continue to play the way he has. But so far in a game and a half, he's looked fantastic. He has. Um, I will say this, though. The scheme that he will face today against BYU could not be more different than the scheme that Stanford lined up against him and played last week. A lot of one-on-one coverage. USC's did a good good job of protecting him. And essentially at that point, it became a, a drill like in practice where it was the wide receiver versus the DB. And he, as, and he showed that he was absolutely accurate. BYU, I think... Uh, I expect them to come out and play a lot more zone coverage. I expect them to tighten those windows, flood the defensive secondary with defenders, which means that he's he's going to have to show not only that he's accurate, but he has good anticipation and timing in order to, to uh, replicate that performance from last week. Because the strength of the USC offense is passing the ball, defensive tackle Kairos Tonga said getting pressure on Slovis will be crucial for the Cougar defense today. Yeah, our mindset needs to be... Uh get to the QB as fast as we can, uh, pressure the freshman quarterback. That has to be uh, key for our defensive line. We need to get, we need to crush the pocket. With the run, it's, it's all about penetration and uh, being in the backfield. Now is if we can contain the QB. This will be an interesting switch up from what the BYU defense has seen the first two weeks in terms of you always want to go in and stop the run. And we're by no means discounting the USC rushing attack, because you're certainly going to have to keep them in check. But this is by far the best passing attack that BYU's defense will face, will have faced in the first three weeks, and getting pressure, especially on a young guy, will be big. No question. I, I like, as a true defensive lineman, he talked about, and a defensive tackle, he talked about getting pressure in passing situations, but he also talked about the first and foremost, which is establishing the line of scrimmage and defending against the run. You know, Tennessee had a lot of success in the second half with that off-tackle zone play, and when I turned on the film of USC versus Standard, guess Stanford, guess what I saw a lot of? off-tackle zone. So BYU is going to have to make adjustments, get better, and keep that at bay to force them to pass against pass uh, defensive sets and uh, have success through an uphill climb against uh, the right schemes BYU's put in place for this week. You know, we don't typically talk about the kicking game usually unless it's there's an issue. The good news is we're going to talk about the kicking game because it's really, really good right now. One bright spot for BYU through the first two games has been the kicking game. Place kicker and punter Jake Oldroyd has been nails, obviously coming through with the uh, the big 38-yarder that uh, you called right off of his foot. You said it was money uh, that sent the, the game last week to Tennessee into overtime. BYU goes on to win. He has been phenomenal. Head coach Kalani Satake talked about his kicker. He's a great kicker, and um, he's just a freshman, so he has a lot more years to kick, but I think he's just so competitive, and that whole specialist group is, is a unique group. 
Ed Lamb's worked with them. Gavin Fowler's working with them. And so they've been able to do some really good things. And, and it's just the way they work together, you know, with Danny Jones and, and Scott Southam and Mitch Harris, Britt Hogan, and um, Jake Oldroyd. Those guys work really well together. And Jake's a competitive guy, just like all the other guys in that group. And that helps out when they get better every week. So he's, he's improving as we, as we continue to practice. Riley, when, when you take five field goals, you can't be better than five for five, and that's exactly what Jake is. He, he has been such a pleasant surprise to start the year. He definitely has. You know, there's an old NFL Films moment with Coach Bill Parcells where the doctor's filling him in on the health of his kicker, and he says, I think he's, the doc says, I think he's good to play, to play today, and Bill Parcells says, well, Doc, he doesn't got to play. He's only got to kick. <laughs> and, and that's, I mean, that no kind of shows the, No, that shows the sentiment out there that we all kind of like to make fun of kickers and punters, but they can absolutely make the difference in games, especially close games, yeah. which is close and competitive games, which is what I expect today. Well, and, and the other part about it is it, it does affect how a head coach makes decisions, how an offensive coach, you know, calls up plays, because we've seen in years past where, where the kicking game has, has been suspect. We've seen BYU go for it on fourth down probably more times than they would have liked. When you have a kicker, you feel much more comfortable putting points on the board. No question. And some points is better than no points. And to have the drive end, even though offenses would far rather score touchdowns, to have the drive end in field goals, it keeps the momentum high and it keeps the belief there for the offensive unit. And so it cannot be understated. And to have a great one in Jake Oldroyd, who's been performing at a high level, really, uh, when compared across the country, is a luxury that BYU is happy to have that maybe we haven't had in a long time. And a good thing... Like Coach said, he's only a freshman here to stay. Where, where do you fall on the, the nickname? Obviously, there's Jake the Make. Uh, Greg uses that on the calls. There's Jake Goldroyd. Where, where do you where do you fall on these nicknames? I, I'm uh, I, I'm kind of a uh, – I'll go to the throwback because it was all the way back in 2016, right, pre-mission, where, when Jake the Make was created. We'll, we'll stick with that one. Okay, all right, sounds good. Yeah. Coming up next, I go one-on-one with Isaiah Kafusi in Shep Talk. More Cougar pregame live coming your way after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. We're enjoying Cougar Canyon as we get you ready for BYU and number 24, USC will have the game for you coming up in just a little bit. You will hear the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, my co-host Riley Nelson, and Mitchell Jurgens on the call today. Boy, this is going to be a good one. The weather is perfect. There is not a cloud in the sky. Temperatures expected to be in the low to mid-80s. This is a great afternoon for some BYU football. This week's Shep Talk is with redshirt junior linebacker Isaiah Kafusi. Isaiah right now second on the team behind Kavika Fanua in tackles with 14. And I've said, I think Isaiah is poised to be the next great BYU linebacker, and he hasn't done anything to make me change my mind. I asked Isaiah what practice has been like this week after such an emotional win at Tennessee. What has practice been like this week after such an emotional and a big win at Tennessee? Yeah, it's been, uh, I think, very intense. You know, I, I'm kind of reminded about our practice after losing to Utah. Even though we won the game, you know, it was kind of a, you know, at least for me, you know, I felt like I didn't perform as well as I could have. And so uh, disappointed, I think, and really, you know, my play, not really disappointed in the outcome. The outcome was awesome. You know, it was so fun to win. And 
um, to how we did in you know double overtime and uh, it just it's fun but I, I think a lot of us are kind of you know we, we know that we didn't put our best product I think on the field so a lot of guys are motivated and practice this week has been uh, very intense very focused uh, a lot of a lot of determination really to just be better what didn't you like about your own play uh, I mean, just a lot of things. I think, you know, physicality. I think, you know, the first couple quarters, they, they ran the ball, you know. I mean, defensively, we gave up a lot of yardage in the run game. And we, that's something that we've tried to pride ourselves in is stopping the run. And uh, I think the last two weeks, we, we, you know, haven't been the best at it. So I think, uh, I think for me, it was really, you know, just got to be more physical and, and play better against tight ends and, and um, you know, being more stout. Well, like you said, you're coming off of a win, so that's great. But to be able to have kind of that anger and that determination, like, yeah, we but we didn't play great, yeah. that's got to be nice, especially coming off of a win. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, it's fun. And, and I think, you know, Coach Lamb and kind of talked to the team about it, um, you know, after breaking down today. And he just said, hey, we got to, you know, it was a good win, but, we, you know, we also are playing a very good team and we didn't play the best. So we got to, you know, kind of. Hone in on, on what we can do better and, and really focus on those things. You said the focus in terms of the running game because that's one of the things you pride yourself on. So what's the tweaks, do you think, to shore up the rushing defense? Yeah, just, um, you know, we, we kind of drilled here is, is really just, you know, being more physical, mm-hmm. you know. So we do a lot of drills where, where linebackers are being more physical, where we're actually, like, doing the drills. And they might, they might not be at, like, 100%, but, uh, you know, just – Drilling it over and over again kind of gets you in that mentality, kind of gets you ready for what what could happen, and and so I think that's really just the, the big difference this week is just stepping up and doing things, you know, kind of dusting off the the hand strikes and really like going back to the basics. I think when you look at the linebacker group specifically, and there's been some changes just yeah. in the first two to three games. Yeah. It doesn't look like the same group that we saw to start the first week versus Utah how would you evaluate the overall play of the linebackers man I think I think that's a good thing when you know coaches are kind of moving moving things around Uh, it shows that there's a good depth uh, a lot of guys who can play um, and a lot of guys who have stepped up really I mean we've you know in the last game we had a ton of guys rotate in and and I think it just shows that you know coaches trust the linebackers right I mean a lot of good linebackers a lot of them are playing at a high level you know really excited about all of them and and that's it's just you know it's fun to be able to go out and and you know, you contribute where you where you're at, right? You know, and and sometimes you know coaches move you around, and that's just game plan thing. You know, you move around from from spot to spot, but uh, it, it's fun to, to be get out there with the guys. You know, and, and we're all uh, it, it's kind of different this year. It's not as like you know everyone kind of has that one goal. You know, everyone on the field, and so you, you kind of you know you realize your role, and and the linebackers have kind of taken whatever comes at them, and it, it's been fun. Love I love the group of guys. In the win at Tennessee, Zane played a lot of safety. Now officially this week listed as the free safety. Yeah. So now you have Chaz Ayu kind of taking over the spot yeah, where yeah. Zane was at the flash. Kavika Fanua has been playing yeah. fantastic. Speak specifically to those two guys and what they have brought and added to this group. Yeah, uh, Kavika's, you know, he's a veteran. He's, he's been around for a long time, and he's a great tackler. I think that's kind of one thing that he uh, he brings to the group. And even Chaz, he's he's unbelievably athletic i mean the things that he can do and, and the, the cuts that he can make he's he's athletically gifted and um so it's it's good to have those two guys i think you know you try and learn you know get little um you know coaching points from them like what do they do good and how to do that and uh and peyton wilgar too is another guy i mean just all around the board i mean there's guys that are contributing and they're, they're making great plays what comes to mind when you think of usc certainly one of the storied programs in college football and now you get them on your field yeah yeah i mean i remember you know back in like middle school playing with them in, in ncaa you know that was like the team to play play with you know you had reggie bush and 
it's cool, you know, just because those are the teams that you grow up watching because they were just so dominating. You know, you remember the USC-Texas game. Like, it's just like, you know, it's fun to, to be able to play them, though. And, and to have them come to Provo, um, I, I think is awesome. You know, it's just exciting. Well, and they come in as the 24th-ranked team coming off a big upset win over Stanford. Yeah. This is a really good team. Yeah. And funny enough, we were talking about shoring up the run. This is a team that's going to come in and want to throw the ball. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, this true freshman kid, or the, I don't know, is he a true freshman, I think, but he is he's a stud. I mean, he you know, came in at, at the Fresno game and slung the ball. You know, he's really confident, and they have, he has got great receivers um, surrounding him and, and a good running back. And so it'll be a challenge for us. Uh, I, I think we just we really got to focus in on, you know, reading reading the quarterbacks, you know, three step, five step, reading eyes, and, and being really, really on top of the pass game. When you hear any time a defense faces a young quarterback, it's all about confusion and throwing him many different looks. Is it as simple as that? Um, I, I don't think so. No, I, I think uh, you know he's a smart kid. Sometimes you know you just it's just all about really playing uh, assignment sound, being focused on on your assignment, really executing. I think this game will come down to who executes better, and so that's really. Uh, the focus is kind of, you know, not playing out of our uh, our abilities and capabilities, just really doing what we do best and then just really focusing on that. All right, Isaiah, let's wrap up with the uh, final four questions. Awesome. All right, the last movie you saw in a theater was what? Last movie I saw in a theater, okay, it was actually in Tennessee, but I don't even – oh, it was uh, Peanut Butter Falcon. Okay, I really want to see it. Was it good? It was really good, yeah. It surprised me. Yeah, I, I really liked that movie. All right, so two thumbs up from Isaiah there. All right. Your favorite athlete growing up was who? Favorite athlete growing up, man. I really liked uh, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. I was kind of like a Ravens fan, and, and just loved, you know, their tenacity. Really, like doesn't get any better than than Ray Lewis. Yeah. You can go anywhere in the world on vacation. Where are you going? Man, I'm probably going back to the islands. Yeah, Tonga, <laughs> maybe Hawaii, but yeah, I'd probably go back to the islands. That's that's the dream spot. All right, last one. What does it mean to you to wear the Y? Man, it means it means a lot. Um, grew up, you know, I grew up wanting to wear the U and. Uh, you know, really recently, I've, I've really appreciated, you know, this school, the program, uh, my head coach. You know, he, I, I see how much he loves BYU, and that kind of feeds to the whole team. And so to be able to wear the Y, it's an incredible experience. It's a, it's a wonderful opportunity, and I'm grateful every day for it. Isaiah, great stuff. Good luck this week. I think I speak for everybody, and I say we're, we're all looking forward to this matchup. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. I love what we're seeing out of Isaiah Kafusi, and I know, and we've talked to him about this, it absolutely killed him to have to come out of that game at Utah last year. I mean, we saw, I mean, this certainly, you know, they, they missed him as that game progressed. We don't need to get into how that all played out. But talking to him in fall camp, he was so grateful to be healthy and be able to come back and contribute. He has been fantastic with the linebackers. He has. He is what is, uh, in, in my eyes, one of the most popular things in the NFL in recent years has become what's called a coverage linebacker, meaning someone that's physical and talented enough to come down in the box and do the tradi- play the traditional role that a linebacker plays, but also can cover a tight end or a slot receiver if he needs to. He's shown flashes of that and come up with some big and timely plays so far this season. I expect more of that today. Well, and speaking of flash, now with, with Zane in the, into the safety position, Chaz Ayu moves into kind of that flash linebacker. So you, you have Chaz, you have Isaiah, you have Kavika Fanua. As we mentioned, Kavika Fanua is on a, on a tear right now, had, had an interception last week. 
that linebacking core has been really aggressive. They play great sideline to sideline. They do a good job rallying to the football. They're going to need to be have lots of energy and be on their game today. It's been well emphasized, the athletes that we're facing on the other side of the ball. But I think those boys are up to the challenge. Coming up next, my man Riley Nelson. We're going to get the QB read with Riley. That's coming up next. We're broadcasting live from Cougar Canyon in front of Lavelle Edwards Stadium as BYU gets ready to take on number 24, USC. We'll have more of Cougar pregame live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Last week, we debuted QB Reed with Riley. My co-host, Riley Nelson, gets to lead the discussion based on what's on his mind for this week's game. I I really enjoyed last week's edition. I like the analogy with the boxing. I thought that was really great. Riley, what do you have for us today? So back when I was growing up, my favorite subject was math. and that uh, You were a math guy. I I was a history guy. And, and I think that boded well to playing the position of quarterback because football it really can be a simple game if you let it to be. And it comes down to numbers, which is the title of today's QB read, a numbers game. So it's been well established, the offensive weapons that BYU, ha- or sorry, that, U- that BYU will face today and that USC has. And so the first number is, that, that uh, I want to bring up today is one-on-one. BYU needs to avoid one-on-one situations. This is what got Stanford into trouble, allowed Slovis to have a career day, and that's the reason why we're all talking about the true freshmen and allowed them to have all of those big gains so uh, avoid one-on-one situations how you do that is by, is by playing zone defense and one of those zone defenses is typically called drop eight which means that you uh, as a defense you rush three defensive linemen you drop eight defenders back into the defensive backfield and why this is such a good uh, scheme or strategy is because the maximum number of players that the offense can release down into a pattern is five so therefore it's eight on five you have have the numbers advantage uh, in the past game. Expect to see a lot of that from BYU today. Another uh, numbers advantage where BYU um, will have the edge today if they align properly and execute on their assignment properly is USC will not run with the QB. They have not traditionally and they have not shown to be able to run with the QB this year, and that is not Slovis's game. So anytime the opposing offense refuses to involve the QB in the run game, now the run defense becomes 11 defenders versus 10 offensive players. And so if BYU can make sure their alignments are sound against the USC formations, they should be able to neutralize or at least contain the USC run game by always having at least a half-player advantage. And then the last number uh, kind of in the QB read this week that I wanted to discuss was 30. BYU, or sorry, USC last week had six plays, six passing plays of over 30 yards or more. And uh, I do not see that happening today for BYU if, because of the scheme that they, I expect them to come out and play, which is a bend, don't break, don't let anybody behind them. It's okay if they catch it, rally to the football and tackle them for a small gain. Just avoid those big momentum-turning plays. And I think if BYU can play this numbers game to their advantage on the defensive side of the football, it'll line up for a good matchup today. You know, the, the point that you brought up in terms of not expecting Slovis to run, I, I think that's why, and we heard from Kyrus Tonga talking about how important it will be to put pressure on him. I think for that reason, it makes it even more important for BYU defensively. It's because that's not what he's comfortable doing. Not only is he young, but if you can bring a lot of pressure, get him scrambling, 
and have to make quick decisions, the chances of him making a mistake significantly increase. No question. And other aspects that go into that are he played, Stanford played man-to-man coverage on 90% of their snaps last week. He's going to see the exact opposite ratio of zone-to-man where he's going to see 90% zone this week. And BYU will mix up their zone looks. It's not like they're going to play the same zone coverage for the entire game. So as they're mixing it up, it's going to cause him to, to hesitate. And as he hesitates or takes a second look, or it will take away his first option, and he's trying to move uh, uh, through his progression which, by the way, is extremely difficult for a true freshman quarterback. It will allow the players up front, like Kairos Tonga, to work on their pass rush moves, to continue their penetration in the backfield, and hopefully get home with uh, some sacks and pressures. Math guy, huh? I don't know if I would have pegged you for a math guy. For some reason, I I would have pegged you more for like a science guy. I don't know why. AP calculus and AP stats. Wow. I loved it. Couldn't get enough. That's good. That's good. Great stuff. I love QB Read with Riley. Can't wait to see what you come up with next week. We've had a really nice crowd since we went on the air, uh, you know, I don't know, about 50 minutes ago. The crowd has gotten larger, and you may ask why. It's because Greg Rubel has sat down. We are going to talk with Greg Rubel next. Can we hear it for Greg Rubel? Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, absolutely. We're going to visit with the voice. Greg Rubel coming up next. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. Coming up in about 10 minutes, you'll hear from our sideline reporter, former Cougar receiver Mitchell Jurgens. We'll get his uh, view from the sidelines, but joining us now, it is our pregame interview with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hello, Greg Rubel. How are you? I'm well, Shep. Hello, Riley. Hey, what a, what a Look, just... The, the sky is blue. There are no clouds. The temperature right now is in, like, the upper 70s. A day game versus USC. Does it get any better than this? I don't think it does. I actually went and checked the rules on this, and it showed that it does not get any better than this. <laughs> it is, it is not, yeah. You're not allowed to have yeah. things better yeah. than this. Yeah. Uh, you just wrapped up your conversation with head coach Kalani Satake. Everybody will be able to hear the entire conversation coming up in the Cougar pregame coaches show. Um, what did uh, what did you talk to Kalani about? Any any uh, newsworthy items come out of that conversation? Well, it's interesting. Uh, yes, and I was watching the Houston Washington State game last night, and uh, Washington State's new quarterback, I think, has become the third quarterback in the last it was either ten or twenty years to have four hundred plus yards and four touchdown passes in his first three games, and one of the other guys was Patrick Mahomes. The other was Graham Harrell. Graham Harrell's in the building today. <laughs> That's right. Okay? That's who he is. That's his background. That is Air Raid football. And so USC brings Graham Harrell and the Air Raid into Lavelle Edwards Stadium, which is a direct and stark contrast to games one and two that BYU's played. Tennessee and Utah could not be farther from that concept. They were very run-heavy, and that's where BYU's been gashed the most, are yards per rush and yards per game on the ground. So it's a different look or a different feel. At least that's what Kalani told me he's expecting today, right? He says the expectation is we're going to see a lot of balls in the air. It's Air Raid. But will they decide to flip the script and say, well, this is where BYU is vulnerable. They're giving up a lot of runs, especially outside runs. Do we hit that and see how that goes first? Uh, That's the big question I think Kalani wants to see answered today is how much, according to script, will USC be from games one and two, their games one and two, as opposed to what BYU showed defensively in games one and two. To pick up on Riley's comment uh, on his number was 30 on the big plays, I'm going to back it down to 20 but bring this up. 
USC through two games. It's early, small sample size, but USC is top 20 in the country right now, 17th in most scrimmage plays of 20-plus yards. Well, BYU conversely is top 25, 22nd in fewest scrimmage plays of 20-plus yards allowed. And, Riley, as you know, that's been the M.O. under Elisa Tuiaki. Don't get beat by the big play. Some people say, well, that's not an aggressive enough defense. You don't get maybe enough havoc out of that style. But I think BYU's balancing uh, the risk of havoc with the reward of keeping big plays to a minimum. And that's another thing to watch too today in terms of contrast. Something else from Kalani. Uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on this and talk more about it closer to kickoff, I think. But um, we're going to have a close eye on BYU's personnel situation on the defensive side of the ball. Some things to get worked out there today. Um, and, and we'll talk more about it, I think, in pregame. Riley and I will. But uh, keep an eye out on, on who's out there to start out. Uh, BYU may be going a little deeper on the two deep uh, than, than people might have anticipated for this week. And we'll talk about that a little later on. But a hint there from Kalani on that. And uh, beyond that, Kalani was as excited as you were about the the blue skies, the 130 <laughs> in the USC. I mean, he got a big smile on his face and said, it feels like old school Cougar football. Let's give him an old school Cougar football win is what he's hoping. That's tremendous. Greg, I... Shep and I have talked about that USC offense-BYU defense matchup, and I'm probably guilty of focusing too much on that, but it's often the matchups that uh, – the understated matchup. So it's probably not extremely understated, but not many people have talked about what BYU's offense can do against this USC defense to put themselves in a position to win. From your prep this week and in talking with the coaches, what sense do you get with how BYU is going to be able to take a step forward this week and and be effective against that USC defense? Well, it wouldn't be necessarily – based on what I saw uh, last week against Stanford, because Stanford couldn't, did not run the ball well. But I think BYU in turn has to. Uh, as much as BYU's uh, you know, dedicated to having this being a little more explosive year and a little more uh, happening in the pass game, I just believe that, that Tyson Williams has the look of a guy you can feed. And, uh, and, and test that USC run defense. Again, I was surprised that Stanford only got to 98 yards, and they were to maybe 3.2 yards. But I, that did not feel like Stanford football to me. Now, the, the vibe I get from upstairs is those who have seen Stanford play a little bit say that this could be a down year for them. But uh, I think BYU's got to find a way to uh, at least produce uh, on the ground to the tune of 100, 150 yards uh, with Tyson Williams being, I think, a workhorse guy. I like the fact that Emmanuel Asupa is healthy. We, we just saw brief glimpses of him last week, but they were good ones. Uh, he, he looked he looked ready to go. Um, I, I just think with the backs you've got with Tyson, Emmanuel, and Lopini Katoa as a one, two, three, that, that's a deep enough backfield to feed a little bit. And uh, I, I don't think BYU can win without something happening in the run game today. That is a perfect segue into what I wanted to ask you. If all things are as BYU wants them to be, let's say it's a perfect opportunity for BYU to do what they want to do, how many rushing attempts do you think this offense should have? in a game. Are we including quarterback runs there as well? Uh, I would yes, say, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I, you know, BYU's play number uh, has been 60 or fewer in three straight games. That doesn't happen in a long time. Again, I, I go back to only 2009 right now in the database I was looking at today. But it's been at least ele- it's been at least eleven seasons, ten years that BYU's gone back to back to back games with no more than sixty offensive plays. Wow! They they were sixty against uh, Utah. They were fifty two in the bowl game last year. Fifty five or other uh, fifty five uh, against, against Utah. Utah 60, sixty this past week, and that was a two overtime game. Right to get to there. So that's three straight games where a really low number of plays has been run, and it's not always the number because again in Western Mich- against Western Michigan, that's fifty two plays, but at about ten yards a play. So, you know, 
explosive teams don't need to be on the, on the field for it, but BYU's not been this season that explosive team, so the number's low. I, I want to see BYU be up around 75 plays, and of that group, I'd like to see, you know, 30 to 35 uh, rush attempts. Um, and and, and th- now you're looking at, you know, 35 to 40 passing, obviously. That's a good balance to me. Uh, I want to see, and this is, you know, based on what we saw last week, Tyson got exactly 20 touches for exactly 100 yards. Okay, it was 17 rushes, three receptions. So if Tyson's around 20, the team's around 35, and you're producing with those, you're not just going to beat your head against a wall. But I think that feels like a pretty good balance. But the play number is a little low right now. Do you expect to see, and, and I don't necessarily know about scrambling if I consider that, but in terms of, like, called QB run, I asked, I asked Zach this week after practice one day, Last week at, at, at Tennessee, we just didn't see him out of the pocket. Was that designed? Was it supposed to be that way, or is that just what the defense was giving you? He says it was what the defense was giving us. So it just wasn't really a need for me to run. Do you expect to see more called runs for him? Um, I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to, how to judge that one today. I don't yeah. yeah. Greg, uh, Matt Bushman has been double teamed. Defenses are paying a lot of attention to him. In, in the prep and in talking with the coaches, is there going to be a concerted effort to get him more involved, or is, or is the strategy more like we're going to take what the defense gives us? I, for one, think that he's got a pretty good matchup against their secondary. Obviously, they've got a really good safety, but they, he might end up with a lot of linebackers on him. What do you see for Bushman, and what do you see about the uh, – BYU taking what the defense gives them. Well, I see Matt continuing to be BYU's leading target guy, which he still is. Now, granted, he's tied right now with Micah Simon, but he's still the leading target for Zach Wilson. Um, and if that stayed that way, I think BYU would be just fine. Uh, e- even when he, when, he, when he draws the attention he did or does, you see how it can benefit someone else. I think Mike is the first one to talk about that. But uh, I think Matt's exactly where he needs to be and has been. Um, the ball skills are certainly there uh, with him, and you'd, you'd be a silly uh, quarterback to not look his way more often than not. Greg, great stuff as always. We'll let you and Riley go. We'll uh, we'll bring uh, Mitchell Jurgens coming up uh, in just a second. Thanks for the info as always. You got it. Talk there, to you soon. There we go. After a quick break, Mitchell Jurgens' view from the sideline. Join us next. Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Home comes in all shapes and sizes. And whether you're looking to build your dream home, buy your move-in ready palace, or refi to a lower monthly payment and more available cash, America First has a home loan that will fit you perfectly. Stop by our branch or americafirst.com today to get started. Because with flexible terms, options tailored to your needs, and loan status updates, financing your home is shaping up to be easier than ever. If you're thinking now's the right time to buy, build, or refi your home, then think quick and easy home loans from America First. First, America First Credit Union, federally insured by NCUA, equal housing and opportunity lender. Mitchell Jurgens, look, we've been talking all day with everybody that, that stops by. Does the, is the weather, I mean, does it get any better than this? And you're going to be the one that's out in it for the entire game. You've got to be loving a day like you this. You know, as I've mentioned before, that, I mean, this, you can't ask for a better atmosphere, a time of day, the weather. I, I mean, we've, we've been on air a couple times before, and the winter, oh, those are brutal. So we need to, you know, just embrace these moments this season right now. <laughs> yeah, why well, I mean, they this, last? I, I, I don't want to put my, you know, big parka back on. Um, and so I, I just want to take advantage of these moments. This, I mean, you can't ask for a better day. Look, this may be the first. I am going to lead off our conversation with a question about the kicking game. <laughs> Can you even believe that, that that's what I'm going to do? Jake Oldroyd has been fantastic. He's 5-for-5, five five, including the 33-yarder to send the game into overtime last week. How big of a weapon has he been? It's it's been incredible when you have a guy like Jake, and it opens up so much for the offense in, in so many ways. Number one, when you I mean when you have a strong kicking game, it changes the way coaches call plays. Yep. Um, when you get into the red zone and it's in guaranteed you know three points, they can be a little bit more aggressive, knowing that 
hey, we can fall back. If we, if we don't convert here, we've got our three points. And so it, it really changes the game. And, and one thing I want to say, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about Jake. He's not just a kicker. Um, I, I read a report this last week, um, you know, after the game, after his, um, his, his big field goal against Tennessee, there was a report that went out that talked about how athletic of a guy he was. And I think we need to give him credit. I think, yes. you know, people look at kickers and say, um, you know, always just a kicker. They're not athletes. But this guy's an athlete. In eighth grade, his basketball coach challenged him to a free throw comp- competition. His coach made 95 out of 100, and Jake beat him. So I mean he's he's a he's an athletic guy and and, and, and he's so bulked he, up he's got the biceps right. now he he lives for these moments and that's what's so cool is he walks into pressure and he you know he doesn't get nervous he he loves these moments and so right when he kicked it he said you know I knew it was in he couldn't feel more confident and that's what you need in a kicking game that's going to help this BYU program put up points and get some big wins look it's easy to say and we're all saying it BYU needs to run the ball more Tyson Williams looked really good last week. How do you find that, that offensive balance between the run and pass? Or do, you, or do you just go with what's working and figure it out as you go? Yeah, so you, you've got to have that balance attack. You know, when I look at these, these dominant offenses um, in, in a football game, they're not just run heavy, you know, with the excep- exception of, of maybe an Army team that just runs the football. Um, but you've got to have that balance because when you're running the ball well and having success, it's going to open up pass lanes, and then you take advantage of those. Um, if you're passing the ball well, it should back the defense up, pull some guys out of the box, and then you can run the ball well. So you've got to have that balance attack, and I expect them. Um, w- one of the things that I want to see that, that I've always believed in is you've got to take shots down the field to back the defenders up. These USC cornerbacks and, and, you know, this secondary, this this entire team, they're very athletic, and we've got to back them up to be able to, you know, open up running lanes, open up short passing lanes. Um, and so, you know, I, I expect to see a balanced offense tonight, and, and that's where BYU is going to thrive for the rest of the season. We did not see Zach Wilson scramble last week at Tennessee, and, and I asked him about this this week. I, I touched on this just a minute ago. He said it was just based on what the Vols defense was giving him. How, how much do you want to see Zach make more plays with his legs. We saw it quite a bit against Utah last week. Didn't seem like the opportunities were there. Where do you sit with that? Right, so looking at, I mean, this is, this is BYU's starting quarterback, right? right. And you, the, the last thing you want to see is you want to see a guy go down and get injured. Um, with less runs, I, I think we can all say we'd, we'd prefer that. And so if he, can, if he can beat the defense with his arm, I, I would much rather see that. You know, we even go back. I, I'm going to go to the NFL. Lamar Jackson... This last week against the Miami Dolphins. Just he's obliterated a, the Dolphins. I know, but he's a running quarterback. And people say, like, oh, he's a running back. He's not a quarterback. He ran for six yards that game, and he threw for 324. He, you know, the, the Miami Dolphins defense, they gave him those passing lanes, and they took advantage of it. So when, when, when you can, I expect them to use, you know, the pass as much as they can. Use Zach's arm because you don't want to see a guy go down and get injured. Um, but if, you know, I, I'm sure we'll see a little bit more than we saw last week uh, make plays with his legs. And, you know, I love the guy. He's, he's athletic. And I, I'm going to, you know, I expect to see a lot of big first downs with his legs, whether it's scrambling or, you know, one or two. I don't want to see too many design run plays if they're giving us the pass and we can take advantage of that. Anytime I asked somebody around BYU about this, this USC defense, they all said athletic. Everybody talked about how yep. athletic this Trojan defense was, and, and they rely on a lot of that to cover up some execution issues. How do you attack a defense that is going to be super aggressive and maybe sometimes 
be overly aggressive. And I don't mean in terms of, you know, like being physical and like altercations. But they, they may overplay something. Right. You've, you've got to be fund, fundamentally sound. And, and I know that BYU defense or, and the BYU offense, they're aware of that athleticism. They're aware of that aggression. And the best thing that you can do in these situations is to, you know, to be mentally aware of, of your surroundings. I, you know, I look back at my career. I was not the most athletic guy. Um, you know, there, I, I would say that I, you know, I wasn't supposed to be on the field with these guys because, I mean, you've got some really athletic players. Um, but if you understand the game and you, you can look to your right and you know the guys on your right understand where to be, scheme is always going to beat athleticism in a team sport like football. And so if they come in and, you know, I fully expect them to be prepared for this game um, with the preparation that they've done, as long as they're on the same page, they understand where to be in the offense, which, you know, which players to run block, um, you know, if, uh, if, they, if they understand their assignments and they execute that fully, then I think that takes away the advantage that they have athletically where this can be, you know, a, a game where the BYU offense does take the advantage over the USC defense. The BYU defense certainly is, is going up against a, a very powerful offense, probably the best receivers that they'll face all year long, and they've got a bunch yeah. of them. They've got depth. At receivers that will be the best that BYU will see all season long. And you have a freshman quarterback that in a game and a half has looked fantastic. How do you try and make the afternoon difficult on it? I don't know if you had a chance to hear our interview with Pete Arbogast, the, the voice of USC. He was saying the, the jury's still out. They want to see what he can do. He's looked good so far, but this is the first road test. How aggressive defensively do you expect BYU to be against this true freshman? You know, I expect them to be aggressive. Um, to, you know, he's he's in a groove right now. He's played, you know, one full game right. right as a quarterback, and you know he's feeling confident. But he's he's never been in situations like these where he's going to run into you know certain um, you know spots in the game where it's a third and long that maybe he didn't see the last game, mm-hmm. and and that might test his you know mental ability to know. How, you know, I've never been in this situation before, so how am I going to execute? The more pressure that BYU can put on him, I think you know, he may convert a couple big ones, and I expect him to do that. Um, but the more we do that, I think it's going to be uh, – I mean, you're going to wear him down, right? Um, it's, it, you can't take him down in one play. It's, you've got to wear him down. And so it's, it's going to be a tough challenge for the BYU defense. They've got their work cut out for him. Um, but like I mentioned before, as long as they come in prepared for a, for a team that – you know, supposedly is going to be more athletic mm-hmm. than this BYU team, then I, I'm, I expect them that they've done their homework and they're going to come out and, like I mentioned before, scheme beats athleticism in most circumstances. I'm so, so excited for this game. This yeah, is going to be yeah. such a fun game. Great stuff as always. We'll let you go. Saw, saw your family hanging out. Yep, uh, they're here. Giving you a little moral support, yeah. watching watching as you do the uh, the radio interview. I've got I've to give one shout-out, though. Please, please. So it's my mom's birthday. Okay. And so I want to wish my mother a happy birthday. September 14th. There you go. It's a good day. Happy, so, happy birthday yeah, to, uh, yeah. to Mrs. Jurgens. There yes. we go. Absolutely. <laughs> all right, Mitchell, great stuff. Thank you. We'll hear you with Greg Home and then comes Riley in coming up in sizes. just a few minutes. On the other side, we go across the field, talk with the head coach of the USC Trojans, Clay Helton. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 
Getting you ready for BYU and USC earlier this week. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, helping me out. He talked with the head coach of the Trojans, Clay Helton, and Greg asked Coach Helton about his team's 2-0 start. You know, just our team having to deal with some adversity of, uh, you know, losing a starting quarterback in game one uh, and playing a good Fresno State team and it's 17 to 13 in halftime and you got to find a way to win a, a hard-fought game and our defense came through, special teams came through, offense made a play and we all won that game together. And then, you know, you get a young quarterback, a rookie quarterback in the next week. We knew we were going to have to play as a high level all together. Um, and uh, and come out with a, a big victory uh, in our first conference uh, game. Now it's about uh, a team trying to show maturity, uh, putting a big game behind them, uh, and then go and play a, a great BYU team uh, that uh, just came coming off a big victory of their own going to Knoxville. It's a hard place to play and, and getting getting a huge victory for that team. Uh, it ought to be a great contest and uh, looking forward to it. On that big game you're hoping to put behind you, the Stanford game, just a bit more about that. Amazing how it turned last Saturday. At one point, you're down 17-3. Another point, you're down 20-10. to Then you outscore the Cardinal 35 nothing to end the game. Yeah, you know, we were sitting there, and we had this saying, uh, so what, now what? You know, bad stuff's going to happen to you, whether it's in life or whether it's in ball. You know, that's life, and it's not what happens to you. It's how you deal with it. And this team has been so mentally tough um, that uh, I've just been so impressed with them that, you know, we're sitting there 14-3. to We fumble a kickoff, and the defense has to go out there and make a huge stop and force a kick, and does. And now it's 17-3. Offense comes back. We had a big play to Ross St. Brown into 1710 everybody just takes a breath and says all right here we go um so it's uh it's it's a team that i I think has really been learned how to deal with adversity um and and a team that collectively uh can be a special team this year it really can it's got all the pieces of the puzzle uh put together so now we just got to stay consistent um and keep on playing at a high level so in the uh, so what now what school of thinking no one likes to see a player go down especially when it's your when it's your starting quarterback you hope the guy behind them is ready to step up and and Keaton Slovis has stepped up and then some he's been tremendous he was pretty close to perfect against Stanford yeah, you know, we, we asked a young man to say, you know what, you don't have to be Superman, uh, uh, but, you know, wide outs, running backs, all line, you do. Um, let's support this kid and, and let's make sure he's standing upright from an offensive line standpoint and protect him. Uh, and, you know, wide outs, if you touch it, you catch it, and then let's have a physical running game. And that's what ends up happening. They, you know, we asked Keaton to say, hey, find the one-on-one opportunity. Don't overthrow it. Give your guys a chance to make plays. Don't force anything you know you are a good athlete be able to pull the ball down get what's there and get out uh and he did that all night i thought he played a very mature disciplined game for a kid that's you know getting his first start um against a a ranked opponent and then just was really impressed with the kid on how he handled it offensively for you guys uh, things are clicking along pretty well pass game is putting a lot of pressure uh, on the opponents moving the chains well on third downs for a first year with a new oc and a system how would you say the guys have implemented what uh, coach harrell wants to get done on that side of the ball yeah just really so excited is exactly what i was hoping for when we brought graham in i knew we had a superstar in the making as far as an offensive coordinator goes the simplicity of the system i think is 
has allowed our guys to play extremely fast. And you know, we have a, we have a bunch of playmakers, um, both inside and out. As far as when you talk about the receiver position with a uh, Michael Pittman, Tyler Bonds, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and the guys behind them, uh, but then to have those three running backs, you know, has been a huge advantage um, with Vavai and Stephen Carr and uh, and Marquis Step uh, against a, a line that's now all junior, all third-year players, third and fourth-year players. So um, it's really come together uh, really nice. And we've take, taken a lot of the thought process uh, out of the game, mm-hmm. allowing our kids to play really fast, a very simple Simon system that plays with high tempo and, and plays fast, and, and the kids are thriving in it. So now it's just uh, keeping it going and staying consistent. Defensively, Coach, numbers pretty solid uh, through two games, but perhaps best in the red zone. Uh, your guys are making disruptive plays when opponents have been in a position to score. Yeah, you know, we, we've had um, a great opportunity in both games, um, uh, you know, in the Fresno State game, to be able to create the turnovers we did in the red zone and limit no points. And then last week I thought it was huge uh, on what happened. I think there was three of five uh, when Stanford got in the red zone. Um, and so we are we're kind of bend but don't break right now. Um, and we've simplified on defense, and the, and the kids are playing really good football. Uh, they're doing a great job on third down getting off the field. Um, we had three turnovers in the first game, one last game, but we also had two fourth down stops, which are just like turnovers to me. You alluded to BYU going into Knoxville and coming up with a win. Just on that, on its face alone, when you go into SEC country, you've just lost to your rival, Utah, in the opener, to go two time zones away and do it, BYU did. What does that say to you just about the team to start with? Oh, my goodness. To handle that adversity, you know, to, to walk into Knoxville, Knoxville is not the easiest place to play. Uh, and, and to be down and fight your way back and then winning it over time, I thought it was just really impressive. Really liked the quarterback and his athleticism. Man, what a bright future that young man has. Um, and then the skill players around him um, are, are ultra dangerous and can make plays at any point in time, even as you saw right there down the stretch, the long pass down the right, right boundary. Uh, to be able to set up a field goal. I mean, just uh, they found a way. I think, you know, Kalani's doing an unbelievable job in his time there um, and uh, is really developing a team, and, and that team is coming together and coming together quickly. Defensively, what does BYU show you, Coach? Um, you know, they're huge. <laughs> we'll say that. Um, probably one of the bigger fronts we may play uh, all year and uh, can switch out of, you know, odd fronts to four down fronts, give you multiple looks, multiple different coverages, uh, some unique coverages that, you know, maybe a young quarterback won't see for the rest of the year. Um, so, you know, they have the ability to drop eight or pressure and play cover zero, just really multiple. And, uh, you know, uh, you know Kalani's a defensive guy by trade. <laughs> you know those guys are extremely well coached and it jumps off the tape. I mean, this will be this will be one of the better defenses that we play, one of the more mature defenses that we play all year and uh, just extremely well coached bunch. We know Kalani from his Utah days and being with Coach Whittingham and how he was raised up uh, as a as a DC there and and having to compete against and and uh, he he's been a, a friend of our program and uh, just his coaching uh, coaching is a fraternity and a brotherhood and and I, I'm proud to call him brother. I mean he is a terrific coach. I love what he's doing uh, at BYU and the future's bright there. He's re- really doing a nice job. Last thing, Coach Elton, maybe a, a key or two to the game as far as you're concerned. 
Um, you know, for us, it's it starts with protecting the quarterback and protecting the football. BYU's offense has uh, has weapons, and as we saw last week, in score in a hurry, once in rhythm. Um, and so it's going to be about us not making the unforced errors in the game, especially with a young quarterback. Uh, the ability to take what the defense gives us. If they're going to drop eight, the run game needs to go. If they're going to if they're going to pressure, then our wideouts and protection are going to have to hold up, and the wideouts are going to have to make place. Um, defensively, you know, I, I really feel like uh, BYU has been terrific uh, on the perimeter. We're going to have to do a great job of tackling in space and then not allowing the big play. You know, the big play beat Tennessee last week uh, in, in, at the end and, uh, you know, try to make what we've done in the first two games, which is make teams drive the long way and hopefully they make a mistake. We look forward to seeing uh, your team out here on Saturday and BYU fans may not be on your side this week, Coach, but I know next week you'll have a few extra fans are rooting for you. <laughs> well, I tell you what, it's, it's my first time to Provo, a lot of our first times here, and it, it's, it's supposedly a gorgeous place. We can't wait to see it. Tremendous fans. Should be an electric atmosphere. So uh, we look forward to the game and, and coming to see the hospitality of uh, Provo. Thanks again for your time, Coach. Uh, all right. Take care. That was USC head coach Clay Helton. Thank you to Coach Helton, and obviously thank you to Greg Rubel for getting us that interview this week. All right, quick timeout. We come back, we'll wrap things up, and we'll send you up to the press box for the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show that's coming up in just a few minutes. One final segment next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. That is going to be a wrap for Cougar Pregame Live. Coming up next is the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to get head coach Kalani Satake's thoughts on today's game. It's the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. Zions Bank, for banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Let's join Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar football fans. Welcome inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the Brigham Young University campus in Provo, Utah, as today the nation's 24th-ranked college football team rolls into Provo. It's USC and BYU for just the third time in their history and the first time in 15 years. I'm your play-by-play commentator, Greg Grubel, joined in our broadcast booth by the former Cougar quarterback, my fellow Southpaw, Riley Nelson. And uh, Riley, BYU in a familiar spot to 1-1 and after two games, just as the Cougs have been in Kalani Sitake's preceding three seasons. So it's right where BYU was last year when in Game 3, the Cougars faced a ranked team and won that game. In 2018, it was number six, Wisconsin, on the road. In 2019, it's number 24, USC, at home. One major difference. When BYU went into Camp Randall, the Cougs were in bounce-back mode after a tough loss the week before. Today, it should be a more confident team. BYU coming off that to OT triumph in Tennessee. The key now, Riley, is consistency and sustaining the kind of effort that to earn last week's win. No question. As you've mentioned, BYU has proven in the Kalani Sataki era that they can beat the big teams in the big moments. But what they need to 
take a step forward in the program and what they need to prove to us here today in this season is that they can make one win two wins and two wins three wins to establish themselves and to accomplish the goals that I think they've set for themselves and uh, the goals that I think the fans would like to see them accomplish all right now last week when BYU was coming back from down the double digits to defeat Tennessee on the road USC was doing the same thing to beat Stanford at home the Trojans were down 17 to 3 before storming back, they finished the game on a 42-3 run to cruise past the Cardinal 45-20, and they did it with a true freshman making his first college start. Today's USC's Keaton Slovis and BYU's Zach Wilson go head-to-head as two of the more promising quarterbacks in the West. Coming up next, BYU head coach Kalani Sitake on facing USC's fantastic freshman and his dangerous collection of offensive weapons as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The coaches' comments next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to hear from the coach of the Cougars. The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Here once again is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Last week in Knoxville, thousands and thousands of BYU fans descended on Neyland Stadium and watched as their team came back for a hard-earned victory over the Volunteers today. Many more BYU fans will be in the stands uh, looking for a similar outcome. It's BYU home to number 24, USC. Cougs looking for their first-ever win over the Trojans. USC, one of only two Pac-12 programs BYU's never defeated. The other is Stanford. Time now for our pregame interview with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. It is brought to you by Zions Bank. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. And I asked Kalani where this year's version of USC is maybe similar to the many Trojan teams he faced as a defensive coach at Utah and where the 2019 Trojans might look a little different. Very talented and uh, very similar to what we saw from the talent and the athleticism that we saw in Tennessee. Um, probably a little bit more um, polished in uh, in, the, in their defensive scheme and offensively. I think they're still trying to figure some things out, even though they did great with their quarterback last week. And so uh, it's going to be interesting to see how we defend their air raid defense and if they're going to really stick with their air raid or try to run the ball. You know, so uh, I think there's a lot to be to be seen when once we take the field. But I feel really good about the matchup and our preparation has me really confident going into this game. You've seen a lot of run in your first two weeks. How would you assess the team's uh, work on the ground right now? Well, just giving up big plays has been the big problem for us on on our run fits, uh, specifically with the outside run. You know, so uh, I, I know that's uh, kind of kind of the way that Utah attacked us a little bit, and also the way that Tennessee attacked us, especially Tennessee, and they got a lot of chunk yardage both teams on on busting big plays. Now, I was really pleased that our guys ran to the ball and made the tackles and didn't give up touchdowns, but at the same time, it gave us it gave up points. You know, and so we're trying to. Uh, make sure that we're assignment sound on our defense. We rotate some guys. There's some guys getting some new reps and haven't played uh, a lot till this year, you know. So uh, they're going to have to step up and be assignment sound. And when they're tired, focus on their technique and, and make sure that they do their 111, do their job. One of this team's defensive strengths over the years with you is uh, preventing big plays. And uh, USC kind of specializes in that right now, especially through the air. But that's where you've been strong. Yeah, and I think we have to find ways to, to mix it up once in a while and, and, and keep it keep uh, the offense guessing on what we're doing defensive-wise, but uh, I think the skies and things that we're going to do as a team is going to really help us out, but at the same time, we, we can't um, sacrifice our assignment uh, because of the skies, and we can't um, uh, you know, put us in a bad situation where we end up not not creating our, or doing our, our part and uh, having some mismatches and having some uh, big-time 
uh, errors. That's kind of what hurt Stanford last year. They they uh, last, last week, week they had a lot of issues last week with with assignments and and technique and and uh, that and USC exposed them, you know. And so um, uh, we have to make sure that we're on top of everything. We're going to be playing quite a few bodies and and uh, we have a relentless effort and energy. I think we'll be okay. Did their quarterback uh, Slovis show you more than you might have expected from a freshman making his first start? Definitely, but he has great coaches, and and uh, they've been in this situation where they needed to rely on a backup before, and so I don't think it's anything new for USC or Clay Helton specifically. Um, but I think that the scheme that they have and everything kind of allows him to be settled a little bit more and getting rid of the ball, and not really be as much of a target as people would like to think, you know. So uh, for us, we have to really do our part and. And cover some really athletic receivers, and then when there's opportunities, we have to make tackles. Those receivers are are, are dang good, right? I mean, that's a that's a good trio they've got. Yeah, possibly one of the best in the country. And so, uh, we're, we're we've been battling with the best in the country in different position groups, whether it's Utah's D line, you know, Tennessee's athleticism at receiver, and and then the size, and now um, USC's athleticism and talent and skill at the receiver spot. So they're going to come out with a lot of four wide sets, and we have to be able to cover them and. Uh, we feel good about our, our, our talent and the development that we've made as a team, as a program, and uh, it's going to be interesting. We're, I'm excited to see how we match up. One of USC's top defensive players is a player you would have scouted probably when he was a high schooler, uh, and that's Jay Tefele. Great player, um, really, really assignment sound and great technique, and he's just a load. But, uh, you know, I, I think we have, uh, fortunately, we've seen some really good D linemen, but I think he's up there with, with, with all of them that we've seen so far. So I think this will be a good challenge for our offensive line. They're excited for it. And that thing you just said, how much have these tough first two weeks prepped you for a game like today? Well, they, they've gotten us ready from the, from the beginning, game one to game two to game three, and I think it's going to continue to work that way for us. And I think we're benefiting from learning a lot from these experiences and this, these games, and, uh, and uh, uh, I'm looking forward to our guys improving. I think we made improvement from game one to game two, and I'm looking to see uh, the improvement that we make from game two to game three. We saw a couple of your offensive guys get a few looks last week and maybe more this week. We're talking about Emmanuel Asupa and Moroni Laulupututau. Yeah, both guys are healthy. Um, they've been banged up in camp and everything, so now we're, we think that they probably have an increased role in what we're going to get done. Um, but I think any any one of our guys will be ready. They just, like Micah did last week, when the opportunity comes your way and there's an opening and the ball's thrown your way to, to maximize your opportunities and, and make sure that you do your part. And that goes for offense, defense, and special teams, and we're looking forward to having a great game. On your defense, we'll see closer to game time, but uh, if there are some guys a little deeper down the depth chart that have to play today, you're, you're looking for them to play uh, their best uh, when they're needed. Exactly, and we'll, we're going to probably lean on uh, heavily on our, our defensive backfield. Uh, you know, we've been working on this depth for a while now, and, and this is the big test when you're going to have an offense that specializes in throwing the ball but also having four or five wideouts on the field at, at a time. It's going to be uh, – it's going to stretch us out a little bit and put us in space, but I'm, I'm, I'm confident and feel good about our guys, and they're excited for this matchup. And finally, uh, we're talking in the late morning. It'll be a 1.30 kick, uh, nationally ranked USC team in town. This is what it's all about. This is Cougar football. You know, we, we're uh, – it's an honor to have them here, and it's, it's a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of energy from our fans. It feels like old-school football, so we might as well give them an old-school BYU outing. All right. Good luck today. We'll talk to you post-game. Thank you very much, Greg. Go Cougs. That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. Let us pause now. Ten seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
kickoff is just around the corner. You're tuned to the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show. The BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by BYU Dining, a classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Also by Utah Honda Dealers. Let's head live to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon once again, Cougar Nation. We welcome you back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium where today it is sunny, it is hot. A couple of days ago it was raining and it was very cold. Indeed, it felt as if fall was truly in the air, but we're back to summer for another Saturday as BYU and 24th-ranked USC play here in Provo. I am Greg Grubel with broadcast partner Riley Nelson in the booth. We are joined by on-site engineers Barry Squires and Michael Wimmer, statistician Ralph Sokolowski, spotter McKay Perry. Our pregame, halftime, and postgame host is Jason Shepard. Down on the field, we have former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Juergens. Mitch reports from the Zions Bank end zone. For banking that helps you game plan for life, Zions Bank is for you. The rest of our broadcast crew featuring BYU radio engineer Sean Fay, coordinating producer Terry South, control board operator Tanner Rawl, as well as broadcast interns Nate Slack and Hayden Wallace here at the stadium, and interns Jeff Carroll and James Havel in studio. We are heard live on the new skin BYU Sports Network, headed by our satellite flagship BYU Radio Sirius XM 143. You can also hear us over the air on BYU Radio 89.1 FM HD2 along with KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. You can hear us on network affiliates in the Intermountain West. We're streaming live globally on BYU Radio's app, the BYU Cougars app, the BYU Game Day app here in the stadium, and also the KSL Radio app. We are streaming at byuradio.org and byucougars.com slash live radio. You can also find us on TuneIn, and you can hear our broadcast archives, commercial break free, and posted quarter-by-quarter quarter plus highlights and interviews at byuradio.org and on the BYU Football Podcast. Well, after back-to-back games allowing an average of more than 250 rushing yards to two run-heavy teams, BYU today might expect an entirely different kind of challenge as the air raid comes to town. USC more pass-happy. Yes, they can and will run it, but Riley, BYU's not seen uh, the kind of pressure on the secondary that USC is expected to present today between Keaton Slovis and his top trio of wideouts and uh, fourth fiddle Drake London playing tag-along. This Trojan team is a big play waiting to happen. No question, and uh, as you mentioned earlier in our pregame show, the BYU defense is a big play stopper. So something has to give today. I think with the game being here in Provo and with the preparation of the BYU defense, I think they will limit those plays. To me, it will be how uh, USC responds with the rushing game and the BYU defense is able to contain that in order to give the BYU offense a chance to put some points on the board and keep this thing really tight. We've got more of the Cougar Kickoff Show coming up after we share with you that this season, BYU football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each field goal BYU makes this year, Mountain America will donate $500 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. You are listening to the Cougar Kickoff Show live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Mo Betta's broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Had Mo Betta's for lunch yesterday. So good. 
We are back at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo for more of the Cougar kickoff show. Today it's the first of consecutive Saturday matinees. Next week it'll be Washington in town for another 1.30 kick. Great opportunities uh, for BYU to make some national noise, particularly on the heels of last week's a double overtime thrill in Knoxville. And by the way, Tennessee getting well today on an FCS opponent. It was a 45-0 last I checked. Tennessee over Chattanooga in the second half. But uh, what a difference a play or two can make, right? Well, first of all, let's say Tennessee was better in week two than the Vols were in week one. Had Tennessee played last week's kind of game against Georgia State, the Vols would have won that game. For whatever reason, they were not ready. They played better last week. But I talk about a player too. BYU was in a lot of ways in a world of hurt last week. Three points in the first half. Never led in the game during regulation. Needed to get the ball back late to have a, to have a shot. They got it back. Then needed to get out of a first and 16 hole at its own eight-yard line in the closing seconds. As we all remember, a 64-yard pass followed by a 33-yard field goal, and then you're into overtime. Double overtime, BYU wins all as well. Riley, if any of those late plays aren't made... Well, BYU, wow, is an 0-2 team suddenly getting ready to face back-to-back top 25 teams. A totally different perspective. The challenge is still daunting, of course, but now at 1-1, BYU can take on that challenge with a vastly improved perspective and now some proven playmakers. No question. The reality is uh, those plays were made, and BYU, that's why you play until the final whistle. That's why I think the medal of this team was tested, and they proved out. I expect this BYU offense, you know, I was... uh, lucky enough to participate in a nationally televised uh, ABC game. It, but back in that, we were just in the Western States. That was in 2012 against Oregon State, and we lost a shootout. This is a completely national broadcast. means every state will get this. Back in 2012, players like Cody Hoffman, Jamal Williams, Ziggy Ansah, and Kyle Vanoy were making their presence known to the national audience. There are players in that locker room for BYU today who are hoping to do the same, and I think will come out and do the same. Break time once again, and time for You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMindUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Today, we're going with a BYU football trivia question. Since the year 2000, BYU has three home wins over ranked teams. One was the 2009 win over Utah, the last time BYU defeated the Utes. Can you name the other two ranked opponents that BYU beat here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? The answer next as the Cougar Kickoff Show continues from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. And we are getting you set for BYU and 24th-ranked USC and giving you the answer in today's BYU football trivia question in our You Be the Judge feature brought to you by Legally Mine. Since the year 2000, BYU has three home wins over ranked teams. One was the 2009 win over Utah, the last time BYU defeated Utah, as it turned out. Can you name the other two ranked opponents BYU beat here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Any thoughts on this one, Riley? Um, was Boise ranked? So, uh, yes, indeed. Our colleague Mitchell Juergens was involved, and they went over number 20, Boise State, in 2015. The other one was in 2013. Uh, that would have been, was Texas right? Texas, you got there it. You go. It was number yeah. 15, Texas. So, number 22, Utah, in 2009. 
number 15 Texas in 2013, and number 20 Boise State in 2015, and now comes in number 24 USC. That's you be the judge, presented by Legally Mine. Well, BYU began the season with Lopini Katoa as the Cougars' leading returning rusher, but so far this year, he's the third or perhaps uh, fourth option in the run game because Tyson Williams has been tremendous, and fellow fifth-year transfer Emmanuel Asupa also looked good in limited time last week after missing the first uh, game due to injury. When you add Zach Wilson's natural athleticism, BYU has a run game that should only get better and more dependable. And it starts with the SEC transfer. The first Williams to lead BYU in rushing since Jamal. And Riley, uh, Tyson, looks like he was uh, like has what it takes to be a Jamal Williams-type workhorse. No question. And as I think about the matchup today, which is a P5 ranked opponent, uh, this time, and I think about last year's game against Wisconsin it was kind of Squally Canada's coming out party yep. and the reality is you are who you are and who Jeff Grimes is is a former O-line coach and if you ask any O-lineman they love to get down and dirty in the dirt and run the ball in a physical style so I expect BYU to commit to that I expect Tyson to rise to the occasion to be a tremendous asset for this offense and I'm encouraged also by the fact that Zach can get out and run a little bit and then he's got Asupa and Katoa there for change of pace backs. All right, more from Riley Nelson, and we check in with our sideline guy, Mitchell Juergens, as our preview of BYU and USC continues on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. At the outset of the 2019 college football season, JT Daniels was expected to be the guy to lead USC's resurgence from a 5-7 record last year. But in the Trojan season opener, he was lost for the year with an ACL tear. In comes true freshman Keaton Slovis, a somewhat lightly regarded quarterback from a losing high school program in Arizona. And all he's done is, quite frankly, look better even than Daniels. He's completed 83% of his passes and had a monster debut in a uh, win last week over Stanford. Monster starting debut, that is. He came in off the bench against Fresno State. Riley, what's been most impressive about Slovis? And considering the speed with which he gets rid of the ball in the air raid, what's the most effective way to, to play him? Yeah, Slovis, to me, has been most impressive with his accuracy and then also his ability to... Uh, to make good decisions as far as not forcing throws in there. He faced a lot of man coverage last week against Stanford. He will not face that here today against Utah. And man coverage accuracy is the number one thing. BYU, against zone coverage, BYU will be able to disrupt his timing and get him off his spot in the pocket. If he can do those two things, which are two things we haven't seen much from Slovis because he was able to sit back and play against man coverage 90% of the snaps last week, if BYU can disrupt those things, then I think we can, for the freshman phenom, we can uh, give him a tough test today. Back-to-back Beehive State opponents for USC. Next week is Utah. Today it's BYU, and they've got a short week to get ready for the Utes. They've got them on Friday at the Coliseum. They've got BYU today, and then they'll take on the ranked Utes. And currently the Trojans also ranked number 24 coming into today's game. Let's bring in now our sideline guy, Mitchell Juergens, from the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. And, Mitch, if you're a president or even a former BYU player, a 130 kick on a sunny Saturday 
nationally ranked USC, one of the biggest names in the game coming to town. Full house, Lavelle Bird Stadium. Uh, it's got to be right up there in terms of experiences, and only a win, I guess, could make it better. Yeah, you know, as a former player, Greg, you know, I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty jealous right now. Growing up, there were two programs that I viewed as the powerhouse programs in college football, uh, the University of Texas and USC. Uh, I got to play Texas in 2014 as a sophomore, but never got the chance to play USC. Um, so now you look at this matchup, you know, this is a nationally ranked USC team. Um, you know, coming into Provo today with with more confidence than ever. They've won two straight games. Didn't just beat uh, Stanford last week, but they embarrassed them. And so they're going to come in ready to defend, you know, keep that win streak alive. So, you know, BYU should be licking their chops, as they say, you know, ready for this big matchup. Um, in, you know, in years past, BYU has a good track record of playing as the underdog in these big games because they don't feel as much pressure. And so I'm, you know, I'm ready for an exciting matchup today with a very good chance uh, that the, you know, the home team comes away with a win today. Thank you, Mitch. Riley Nelson, time for you to admit your, the little teeny part, part of your heart that used to way back in the day belong to USC. Tell us why. It was extremely difficult, first of all, in your formative years, which 15, 16, 17, to have guys like Reggie Bush running around the field, Lendo White, Matt Leinart, and compound that with the fact that my dad actually did some schooling in SC, and the first college football game I ever attended was in the Coliseum uh, watching USC. So <laughs> for, for those little things, but those days are, are, are long gone, and we're all Cougars all the time now. Riley Nelson's keys to the game, the coin toss and kickoff are coming up. This has been the Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.